This is Resurrection Sunday. Will you give God a resurrection praise? Lift your hands and just worship God for a moment. I want the sound of praise on your lips. For he is Lord. He has risen from the dead. And he is Lord. Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord.
you. We thank you for this day. Thank you for the resurrection. Thank you that we celebrate you today. Have your way in this place. Speak unto us, Holy Spirit, and grant that we hear you. Make fallow now the grounds of our souls that the seeds of good life may be sown therein, and that the harvest of a plenty shall come forth. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God shall last forever. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to read a couple verses to you from Acts chapter 2, verse, beginning at verse 29. Read a few verses down. Read from the Amplified. Brothers and sisters, I may confidently and freely say to you regarding the patriarch David that he both died and was buried and his tomb is with us to this day. And so being a prophet and knowing fully that God had sworn to him with an oath that he would seat one of his descendants on his throne, he foresaw and spoke prophetically of the resurrection of Jesus of Christ, the Messiah, the anointed, that he was not abandoned in death to Hades, the realm of the dead, nor did his body undergo decay. God raised this Jesus bodily from the dead. And of that act, fact, we are all witnesses. For the next few moments, I want to talk with this thing. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I get excited, filled with glee on this day, Resurrection Sunday. For a Christian, for a Christian, this is our day. If you were ever going to turn it up in church. It ought to be today. If you joined us in the Lenten consecration and you know that when this service is over, the consecration is, this ought to be today. If you are ever going to thank God for Good Friday, Resurrection Sunday ought to be the day. And if you don't know, let me tell you something. He got up, and that's the only reason we gather here is to celebrate the resurrected Lord. Resurrection Sunday. I get excited and you should too. Because this day we honor the very foundation of our faith. 
And so I want to I wanna, I wanna, I wanna tell you something. I'm, I'm not going to be long, but I want to tell you about this Jesus. And, and not that you don't know, so I want to just remind you about this Jesus. So let me give you four things about Jesus. Just four things in this, this Resurrection Sunday. Four things about my Jesus. See, I like to get personal. Four, four things about Jesus. Now, for those of you that don't know, the one of the things that come up as we enter towards his death in the Garden of Gethsemane, we find Jesus there praying. Now, they say he put a powerful prayer out, so much so that the sweat coming off his brow were like rivulets of blood. He was praying. He was before God. He was in deep meditation. And, 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 and those who were around him that wanted to catch him and get him still at night couldn't tell him from everybody else. So they plotted against him with one of his own. And old Judas, looking for the come up, took 30 pieces of silver that really was the fall down. Let me tell somebody this, this is not part of the sermon, but it's a good point to make. You be careful how you make your come up. All money ain't good money. Come on back, that was free, that was free. Here he was, here he was, here he was. And, and, and Jesus there gets pointed out and the first thing I want to tell you about him is he was unafraid in his recognition. When Judas pointed him out, Jesus was just standing there. Now, Peter, like many of you, he was packing. Now, they didn't have uh, any of these weapons they have now, but he had a blade. I'm seeing y'all. <laughs> Peters and Patricia's in the audience. He had a blade. And the Bible says he whipped it out and sliced a man's ear off. And Jesus like, this ain't that kind of party. You know, I know, I know, I know, I know my man saying this must be war, but this is not physical warfare. This is spiritual. Principalities have to be pulled down. Because until you change principalities, evil spirits linger. He was unafraid of the recognition, picked the ear back up, put it back on the man's head, said, be healed. First ear surgery in history. 
No implant needed. Boom. Here, it is this fearlessness that stands out in my mind knowing what next steps were coming. He stood there unafraid in his recognition. This, this has been a crazy weekend in the world. Just a few weeks ago, not, not very long, in Nashville, we had children at a church school being gunned down. And three representatives had enough gumption to go to the Nashville legislature and say, we got to make a change. We can't, you can't keep killing babies with weapons of war and somebody not raise their hand and say, look, I'm not saying get rid of it, but leave it in the hands of those that need it. The military, the armed forces, these three representatives, these three Democratic lawmakers get pulled over. They get stopped. They get taken in by their own colleagues and faculty persons. And two of them, Representative Justice Jones and Justin Pearson, were both expelled from the House because they decided to disrupt the status quo and say something needs to be changed. What blows my mind is you can pull together and kick two people out. Not everybody got kicked out. The sisters stayed in by one vote. But then you could decide to kick people out of your house, but you can't decide to keep guns out of the hands of people that don't need them and that are not stable enough to own them? They, like Jesus, were unafraid of the recognition. I'm not hiding my face. I'm not trying to make you not see me because you need to see me because we can't see those babies anymore. You need to see me because we can't see those people who lost their lives. Yeah, 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 that, that, that gets me going. But not only was he unafraid in his reaction, but he was unapologetic in his responses. When they take him in, they tried to get him to say that he was not who he was. And Jesus wasn't going for it. Do with me what you will, but you won't make me act out of my character. You won't make me be less than who I am. You won't make me deny myself and my personality and my true essence because you don't like it. And sometimes in life, you got to get to the place where you're unapologetic in your response. Sometimes you got to say that we ain't going for that. I'm not standing for that. 
Don't say that around me. I can't have that around me. You want to talk about somebody? Do it somewhere else. You want to talk about another race? Do it somewhere else. You want to talk about somebody else's sexuality? Do it somewhere else. Whatever you do, I'm not apologizing because I love folk. I'm not apologizing for being like Jesus. Just saying any old dumb thing. And I'm unapologetic in the fact that I know who I am and who Jesus is. Let me come on, I'm gonna preach you a minute. You need to get to the place where your faith is bigger than your fear and where you can live your faith anywhere you are. I've been preaching since I was a boy. I don't care where I went. Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi, Florida, didn't matter where I was. I got to be me. So if you ask me if I'm a preacher and I was 15 years old, you ask me if you're a preacher, yes. If you ask me that and I was in the middle of making a mistake, you call yourself a preacher? Yes. Well, you ain't acting like one. Well, I'm working on it. You've never heard of working out your soul salvation? James Cleveland put it best. Please be patient with me. God is not through with me yet. Now, in case somebody else is in here like me who needs folk to be patient with you right now, you don't have to be apologetic about growing. What you have to do is just keep on growing in God. Keep on maturing to be what God wants you to be. Unapologetic. Y'all say what you want to say. You king of the Jews? You said so. You got that right. I ain't scared. I ain't scared. See, some of y'all, let me get them to you. Sometimes we seek so much the acceptance of others that we lose the acceptance of ourselves. You gotta love you enough to live and you can do that when you stop letting other people build your self-esteem the same crowd that said Hosanna on Palm Sunday said crucify him on Good Friday Y'all ain't got this yet. In other words, if he was only buoyed by the praise, then when those came back and spoke against him, started talking, he would have been depressed. He would have been upset. He would have been demeaned. But he knew who he was with or without the adulation of people.
And, 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 and then, not only that, I'm a number three now. I'm, I'm there, I'm there. Number three, he was unequivocal in his resolve. Now, very clearly here, you got to understand something. They take him. They march him from judgment hall to judgment hall. They decide they're going to crucify him. He's carrying a cross, a cross that is too heavy for him to bear. And they pull Simon Cyrene from the crowd, who bears part of the cross for Jesus, part of the way he carries it. And I think that Simon Cyrene is every one of us, that there's a part of this cross of Christ that we all have a responsibility to bear. Here. See, my caring can't just be for those that look like me. My caring can't just be for my family. My caring can't just be for my circle of contact. When Jesus bore that cross, he bore it for the world. You need to have a worldly salvation. Kind that cares for everybody. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm almost there. When I said he's unequivocal. He, he gets on the cross and he's hanging there between two thieves, you know, they, they nailed them in his hands, they nailed them in his feet, put a crown of thorns on his head, rode up above his head, king of the Jews. Let me, let me, let me help you here real quick, real, real quick. All the time he was going through it, he does not protest, he does not fight it, because there's greater purpose attached to it. This is what means being unequivocal in his resolve. Because he refused to come down. The, the, the old song, he would not come down from the cross just to save himself. He decided to die just to save me. Here. Now, I don't know about you. I've been in some bad places and, you know, been in some scrapes and fights. And um, I can't lie to y'all. I have been in the position where I've called for help. Oh, I, I was about to get whooped one time. And I was running. We lived in the projects. Ashman Street, New Haven. And I was running to the projects because I knew if I got there, I had three sisters. Oh, they're better than brothers. You just don't know. You don't want to see my sisters mad. You don't want to see them. They, they now use looks for what they used to do with fists. 
my sister Debbie just looked down. She just looked down. I get there, I get, if I get there, hey! All I gotta do is holler. They running. You talking about this must be war. This is real war now, this is gonna be on. Now Jesus, on Calvary, the scriptures say, he could have called 10,000 angels. Now, I'm just going to help y'all here. I don't know how many folk they had standing around, but give me 10,000 angels, we're going to do some damage. And instead, he hangs on the cross and dies. Pierced him in his side. Out forth came blood and water. And more than likely he died from asphyxiation. He died not being able to catch his wind. The Bible says he breathed out the ghost and gave up the ghost. He gave up because his resolve was on dying for life. Last part. And I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. This is Resurrection Sunday. Last part. He was unequaled in his resurrection. Let me tell you something. Now, now, if you read closely, the passage we read is in Acts. It actually will happen, we'll celebrate it 50 days from now when we get to Pentecost Sunday. Amen. 50 days from now, Pentecost Sunday. So on that day, we get this first sermonic reference here. And one of the things in which the, the preacher does at that point is he points back to this resurrection day to make clear the mission and purpose of Jesus. Here's what he says. In case you don't know it, I know David and the Davidic kingdom was the golden era in Israel. And I know David was a prophet. David prophesied about him, Jesus. David and the golden era, he remains in a tomb. And a matter of fact, we know where his tomb is and where the bones of his body rest. But Jesus, we know where his tomb was. We know it was over there, but he's not there. He's not in the tomb because early on resurrection morning, the angel came and rolled the stone away. Let me tell you something. And when he rolled it away, 
Jesus got up and walked out and said, all power is in my hands. Look at somebody said, let me tell you something. He got up. Look at somebody else and tell him, he got up. He got up. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. Life, life is worth living because he lives. Tell somebody again, let me tell you something. He lives. He lives. He lives. He lives. He lives. Come on, give God a praise. Come on, give God a praise. Because he lives. I don't know about you, but you ought to be able to tell somebody, I know he lives because he lives in me. You ought, you ought to tell somebody that. Just, just tell somebody, I know he lives. And life is worth the living just because he lives, because he lives, I can face tomorrow, because he lives, all fear is gone, because I know who holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives somebody out there because he lives because he lives I can face tomorrow because All fear is gone Because I know uh, uh, He holds the future And life is worth The living just Because He lives My life is worth the living just, just because he lives. Say it yourself. My life, my life is worth the living just because he lives. My life, my life, my life is worth the living just. 
just because he lives. Look at somebody just tell them your life is worth the living. My your life is, is worth the living just because he lives. Jump, jump. Don't you dare give up. Don't you dare give up. Your Look at somebody say, don't you dare give up. Don't you dare give up. Don't you dare give up. Your life is worth the living. Your life is worth the living. Your life is worth the living. One more time, tell somebody else. Your life is worth. Maybe there's somebody here who's looking for a church home or to make a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I extend an invitation both in the service and online. If you're here right now, come on, walk down the aisle. Preacher, deacon, someone will meet you at the front here and we'll pray with you. We'll welcome you into our family and into the family of God. I extend an invitation today. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're not coming in this direction, if you're listening to me now, say, I need this. I need that relationship with God. I need to be a part of the fellowship. I'm waiting on you. If you're online, call us or write us at churchadmin at shilohnlcomplex.org. The living just because he lives, my life is worth. Oh yes, because he lives. Oh, my life is worth the living just because he lives. Your life, your life. Your, Your life, life is, is worth the living just because Just before you take your seats, I'm going to tell you something. I have been disturbed by people giving up on life. And I need every person in this room to realize I don't care what you're going through and what you're facing. Life is too precious to give up. Jesus died that you might have life. It's yours to live, not yours to take. And I want you to know God loves you. And whomever I'm talking to now, I don't care what disturbing is going on in your life. I've heard of young people who are struggling, some of whom will be bullied on TikTok and be bullied on these social media places, Twitter and all. The devil is a liar. young children who are working through identity who you say you love 
but yet allow people to bully. More gay and lesbian children, more homosexual boys take their lives because they're bullied. And let me help you here, by so-called Christians. More children who are struggling, mental health issues for some, who, are, who just don't fit in to everybody else. They may have aggression issues. They may be on medication. And because you want to believe in your own faith arrangement, something or the other, we push people to the edge. We tell people who are depressed, just pray. You don't need therapy. Don't get medicine. But I came to cancel the assignment of the enemy. When I said that each of us must bear the cross with Christ, I want you to bear some thinking and responsibility about loving people as much as you say you love God. Somebody said, Reverend, why are you talking about this today? Because this is Resurrection Sunday. And I want people to live because he lives. If you all bow your heads with me now. I hadn't really planned to say that. But I have been really, really concerned. People don't talk about their struggles. And while I mentioned the LBGTQ, I, a community, I'm, I, that's just one, people, one set of folk may be doing. I, I mean everybody. And folk are, folks, are, folks are on the edge. And some are feeling like just throwing in the towel. And I said, let me tell you something. Here's what I want to tell you. God loves you. I say that unequivocally. Don't tell me but nothing. Don't give me anything about what they do. I say God loves you. The reason I talked about myself as a young preacher growing up was to let you know that your perfection is not what makes you saved. It's his blood. your righteousness is no more than filthy rags. At best, you've got a raggedy righteousness. 
Father, I thank you for your people. And I thank you for this Resurrection Sunday. I thank you, Lord, they've heard your word. But now I ask you to open up their hearts. Bless them that they may receive it deep, ponder it, and recognize your love and mercy because of Calvary and the finished work of the cross and the triumphant work of your resurrection. We have a right to the tree of life. Give us life. 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 And more abundantly. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Be seated in sanctuary. Good. Yeah. Here's what I want you to do. Get your offering in your hand. Whatever God has given you. Now, if you want to give by Cash App or by Givelify, do that on your electronic devices. If you're giving in person here, put your gift in the envelope. And when you walk out the door at the end, drop it in the bucket. Usher will be there. But hold your device, hold your check, whatever you're giving, and let's get ready to pray. Father, we love you. Bless our giving. Help us to be cheerful and hilarious. And always remember, we are blessed to be a blessing. In Jesus' name.